0: So for anyone out there that doesn't know um what Simon does, he's a he is a cinematographer, uh, director of photography. Um, and already at a relatively young age he's actually worked with some of the biggest names in the UK rap industry. Um you've worked with so many, mate, I'm gonna have to actually read them off the sheet. <laughs> That's um, <all> right. <laughs> so we've got we've got Giggs, we've got Dizzy Rascal, we've got Dave, we've got Crepton Conan, D Block Europe, uh Wiley Chip, um, rap man as well so it's not just music videos that simon has um has been doing um he's also been the dp on shiro story um and also blue story as well um which has just come out in the cinema so um we're going to talk about all of that um all of your you know progression through the years um but what i'd like to do to start things off is just go back right to the beginning Mm -hmm. um and um because you've got kind of like quite an interesting background, haven't you? As far as like how you got started, we were talking about it on the way over, but yeah. it was really interesting. Sort yeah,
1: yeah. So, I mean, I actually one thing I didn't tell you actually, I start, I I started. I mean, I've always been familiar with cameras because I used to like rollerblade and stuff. So I used to make lots of skate edits, and then I started making sketches and little short short films and stuff with mates, but. I got into a weird stage of uh, filming, like, music video parodies, funnily enough. Okay. Uh, so I'd take a song um, and I would, like, record, like, like t- find the beat online or whatever mm-hmm. and record, like, my own lyrics and stuff to it, film it, and then put it online. And I just thought it was, like, like really funny. And yeah. it was kind of amusing at the time. Um, But that's when I started to actually make content to put out there for people to see. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. when I started getting that feedback from people like oh we love this and when's the next one that really sort of like encouraged me to start making those so I was making those for a long time mm-hmm. um and then I bought a camera to make those videos better uh and then one of my friends who actually makes serious like music um serious yeah he uh, serious. He, yeah, he was like do you reckon you could make an actual music video that isn't a joke and uh you know we could try and put it out there and stuff to promote what I'm doing and I was like cool yeah we'll give it a go and I shot one for him um and then this is all in reading by the way and then mm, mm. other people from the area started to clock on to what we were doing and then someone else asked me if i you know if i could shoot them a video and stuff and it just kind of that snowballed. snowballed yeah. like that really yeah, 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 um yeah. and that's kind of how it started and that was like i'd say it was about seven eight years ago mm, now mm, mm. yeah it was it was a while ago. <laughs> It's just weird. That's how that's actually how it started.
0: It probably feels like it was a long time ago, but actually seven years ago. Mm. Thinking thinking about what you've yeah. done in seven years, is yeah. pretty impressive, mate, to oh, be fair. Thank you. <laughs> um, you know, that's not that's not too far um, ago, I don't think. But, mm. you know, to do what you've done in seven years is, is pretty amazing and quite inspiring, actually. And that's Thanks, why I wanted man. to get you down to sure. um, to to hear about, you know, more about your story um, as a camera operator and cinematographer and so sure. on. Um, could you talk a little bit about the um, like the local music scene in, in Reading when you were growing up? Because I know that's kind of like how you also got yeah. involved with shooting videos yeah. as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was cool because, um, so, I, like I said, I shot that video for my friend, uh, Jay Black. Shout out Jay Black's Joe Um Then we, he introduced me to a few of his friends and then we actually made a media company called Red JSD. Mm-hmm. And we used to like. I had a friend, uh, Johnny, who shout out Johnny, who um, was a graphics designer and kind of like co ran the company. I mean, we all kind of co ran the company together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, it was like it was more like a collective. So one, it was, was like it, a yeah? media thing, yeah. yeah so yeah, he would yeah. he would do all the graphics design. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a photographer called Alex Sunshine Soul. Shout out her. She was doing all the photography. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing the videos, and Jay Black's was kind of like the the face. He was the rapper. Right, um, but he was right. kind of like the face and we would run these like rap battle events and stuff I don't know if you if you found out about those I, I didn't mate no and I feel I feel like I've, I missed out <laughs> oh, because mate. I only I grew up down yeah. the road from you so yeah. I, and
0: uh, you know again us being hip-hop heads as yeah we, yeah as we found out yeah um earlier I kind of feel like I've actually missed out well, on something mate, that was... I've given
1: you lots of homework now to so yeah. go and have a look yeah. at it. but um yeah we uh we ran this this media channel and the idea was we would basically provide like a branding package for like um, local uh, Well not even local but just musicians in general Rappers, singers, whatever uh, And we had this kind of media channel and, and that's what we would do So we used to run these rap battle events as well um, All like A lot of them were free And actually in like some underpasses In like Reading and stuff right, And we'd right, right. take all these people out Their little holes and get together for this Kind of rap battle thing we used to run So that was really good, really good networking mm. We met a lot of like um, Other artists that way yeah uh, and just kind of expanded the network yeah yeah okay um yeah so that was that that was that yeah I'd kind of even, the question was now I just <laughs> waffled on for a
0: bit there um well moving moving a little bit further on huh was there like a defining moment for you is there was there something that you it might have been a video that you shot or um an experience working with a rapper or whatever it would have been but that kind of moment where you're thinking this is it for me like this is what I want to do do you know what? Not really. Not really. I I remember there was a point, but I can't remember
1: exactly if that was that was uh I think I was just at home one day and I think mm-hmm. I was like trying to plan lesson plans because I was drama coaching at the time. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was trying to plan lesson plans, but I also had edits to do. Mm-hmm. And I think I must have just thought like there's just way too much going on here. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it was at that point that I thought I'm actually I've actually got more editing to do than I have for my actual job with planning and stuff like that and it was at that point that um I sat down with a friend and they just said look you can like if if you thought about just trying this Mm, and mm. I remember actually thinking I don't just want to film music videos like for the rest of my life really yeah yeah Um, yeah.
0: no I get that I get that
1: um yeah I I took a plunge anyway and Mm. literally the best decision I've ever made yeah 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 yeah. not look back
0: since and I think going back you know, like you said, seven years, eight years, um, however long ago it was, mm. not to give our ages away here. Um, <laughs> but um, they were really sort of like, for me, when I look back to my sort of days as a videographer, um, really were sort of innovative times to mm. be involved in it, where, you know, obviously the rise in DSLR cameras now being used, not just for stills photography, obviously, but yeah. to shoot films as well. Yeah. Um, and I remember um, I was shooting on a camcorder back yeah. in the day still yeah. shooting to mini dv the little yeah. tape yeah, yeah and then yeah. hooking it up to my my iMac with a um firewire cable yeah and then having to wait so if you've got an hour's footage you have to wait an hour for it to load on and capture yeah. within final cut capture and all yeah, that. yeah screen capture um and then i heard about the canon 7d mm. now everyone will have their own kind of yeah, opinions as to a yeah. game changer about that camera. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but for but for me the canon 7d was like you know the turning point for me where um you know i was spending about six grand on these sony camcorders mm. and then mm. the, the 7d came out that it was smaller you could shoot 50 frames per second on it yeah um all you had to do really was get a flash card a battery and a zoom lens and and actually um it totally changed the way that i worked Hundred uh, percent. and then i started clocking on to people like philip bloom yeah um, who really in this country was kind of like the pioneer for um you know, shooting films, Indeed, videography, yeah, yeah. um, yeah. on, on Steel's cameras. Yeah. Um, and, um, he's always kind of been the, the guy, the, the guy in, yeah. in, certainly in the UK. Yeah. Um, and I also, um, started following, um, a guy called Shane Helbert, who is okay. a, um, cinematographer based in the US. Cool. Um, and he Let was kind that. of, he was kind of around at the same time, um, as Philip Bloom. So I started following, um, I started following Shane, uh, mm-hmm. on social media and I saw that he actually, um, uh, for anyone out there you should go watch this film it's called Act of Valor so it's a it's a st- pretty standard um action film it's about a team of navy seals that go in and try and um rescue a CIA agent mm-hmm. um from from you know terrorists basically mm. um but interestingly the film was predominantly shot on a Canon 5D Mark II oh wow um and and that was the first time I'd ever really sort of um you know learned that you can, we can actually shoot feature yeah. films with these cameras. And I yeah. was like, right, yeah. I'm saving up for this camera then. Um, yeah. And I actually looked at some of the behind-the-scenes clips and images from that film. Mm. Um, and th- again, it, this was the first time I'd ever seen a... Um, so they were basically shooting with Panavision lenses on the 5D. Yeah. And at the time, I'd never, ever seen that before, you know. No, no. So obviously a Panavised um, Canon 5D yeah. um, with an adapter. Yeah. So I guess the aim was in those early days was to shoot with a very small portable camera. Yeah. But you could really get up close and yeah. personal with the action. I think a lot of action, a lot of the action scenes in that film were mm-hmm. shot with the 5D um, and the 7D. Um, and, um, but with Panavision lenses on the 5D mm. and now fast forward to present day, like everyone seems to be doing that now. You, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was,
1: I was going to just backtrack slightly and say that you, well, it's kind of similar to that. It was kind of, I'm just wondering if they made that move because it was, to get up close and personal or if it was a move of saying like, hey, we're kind of ahead of the game here because mm, mm. like you see it now with people shooting stuff on iPhones and deliberately saying, no, 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 we're going to shoot on an iPhone because they're trying to prove a point um, and try and be the first person to to do that, you yeah. know, to to make something from like this new piece of kit. And mm, mm. There, there was a really similar thing happening with DSLRs. I, I heard that, I mean, I also heard, I don't know if it was true or not, I actually haven't been to look and see it, you know, research it but heard that like top boy some of top boy was shot like the first series was done with five d's and stuff like that wow and there's more and more stuff that you hear about that were shot on smaller cameras Mm. and it's just it just reminds me to like now how we've got the iphone the the 11 pro and stuff Mm, and mm. people are actually going out there and making films on phones other directors as well are are, are trying to deliberately do that Mm. you know to to be sort of like the first yeah. person,
0: and I think as well, you know, even even um, we were talking about 1917 earlier, and and, mm. and Deakins, the the legend legend that he is. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, again, I've seen a couple of the behind the scenes images of that film being made, mm. Um and I can see in a couple of the shots that they've got a Ronin, yeah, um, and what looks like a, an A7S. So obviously they're okay. they're doing the test shoots, yeah, the Steadicam yeah. on the Ronin, yeah. Planning the scene out, blocking yeah. the scene out, and then obviously Deakin steps in. Yeah, with um, with, with at, the big dog. With, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. with the big dog, the Ari or whatever it was yeah. that they were shooting on. Yeah. So it
1: still got. I think it know. was Ari Alexa LF.
0: Yes, that was it. Yeah. Think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, just an interesting time when you were first starting. But mm.
1: And the other thing as well with the DSLRs, mm. one thing was, did you notice? I I feel like that was the turning point that defined a real HD look as mm. well. It mm. was like it was HD, but it, it it was more than that. It was more like they were the first things that gave you a real cinematic image because you could bang a little 50mm lens on yeah. it and, yeah. you know, open up all the way on the lens yeah. or whatever and just have this crazy depth of field. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. that was the go-to, wasn't it? I remember a lot of people had the 550Ds. Yeah. If you couldn't afford the 5D or the 7D, people would get the 550s or the 600Ds, I think, bang the little um, 50mm lens on, yeah. and that would be the, the the setup. Yeah, you yeah. Know? yeah, yeah. And you'd yeah. get this amazing picture
0: from it. Yeah, yeah. Do you kind of feel like just staying on the topic of equipment and cameras and and so on? Do you kind of feel that um, fast forward to present day, we've got cameras that are being released that shoot internal 6K without the need of hooking up an external recorder? Hmm. Do you kind of feel that are these are, are the manufacturers almost just now competing against each other in terms of spec versus spec? Or do you still think that do you still think that they're catering towards the videographer and the user, or is it more like now a battle between Sony spec and what they can bring versus Canon, as an example? Like, what it's do you think?
1: Definitely a case of both. Mm. I think companies like Blackmagic. Mm. I'm not just being biased because I have a Blackmagic Pocket yeah. 4K, but yeah. I had a Sony A7S. So I still have it. Still yeah. use it for stills and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Blackmagic in particular are really good at listening and assessing the market yeah. and making something perfect for that. Um, Group of people
0: Absolutely yeah
1: And because Sony Were doing it before Um and then obviously you had Panasonic, which always sort of competed with Sony and yeah, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that they, they've all definitely tried to cater as, as best they can to that market. But now, effectively, because you've got these different companies doing the same thing, they have to compete with each other. Yeah. So yeah, it's just yeah. kind of a case of both. But it's great for us because it means we're constantly, um, well, spending money, which isn't probably a great thing. But it's great because there's so many options out there for different people. And mm-hmm. it's exciting. It's actually a, an exciting time to see... Um, what these companies are coming out with, yeah, you know, it's kind of like what's next.
0: You wonder where it's going to all be in about five years. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's crazy to think, yeah. isn't it, where it could be in five to ten years? Um, yeah. But just just before we move on, one last thing about your kind of early days: w- was there any challenges that you faced? Um, maybe financially, maybe trying to keep up with the um, you know constant change in technology. You buy a camera, you spend a lot of money on it, and then within mm, six months, it's out of date. Like
1: mm. um, challenges. I mean, initially, just like any business or anything you're starting up, it's finding the constant stream of work, I mm-hmm. guess. But for me, that was the most important thing. Even if I wasn't being paid for it, yeah, it was just about keeping busy and working and actually networking. Yeah. That's that was the most important thing. So challenges, yeah, for sure. Just trying to find the constant. Um, work really yeah, and there would yeah. be like a steady
0: stream of it yeah and there'd is, be yeah.
1: a month two months where I would literally shoot maybe two videos three videos and I was like oh you know don't know if this is going to work or yeah, whatever Yeah, you just got to be persistent really yeah, um, yeah just keep your guns, keep networking and also you know you should drop the occasional text to people hi mm, how you doing blah, mm. blah blah just remind them that I'm still there and stuff so that was one thing but um, I'd never remember it being like a problem problem because mm, I, mm. I think I was in a safe environment like a i I was living with some friends at the time. my rent wasn't very much and stuff, so mm-hmm. I was quite happy with just trying to stick it out and see, yeah um, yeah, yeah but apart from that um challenges just maybe sometimes uh sometimes it was budget yeah. not not potentially being um like not because I didn't feel like I was being paid enough or anything like that mm-hmm. um, it was more so because like I'd, we'd have all these crazy ideas, and we wouldn't always be able to get what we kind of um like there wasn't an easy option yeah but it wasn't really a problem as such because we'd always think of like the next best thing mm, mm. and if we wanted something we would try and find something that gives us that look or feel without yeah. actually having to spend that money and yeah, get it for yeah, free yeah. and that was all part of the learning process as well as just knowing mm. what you can do with little basically
0: yeah, and what yeah. you can create with that yeah yeah no, that's really interesting stuff um, moving on then, like was there um, just in in relation to like the music videos that you were that you have been shooting for mm-hmm. for a while now? Was there one particular video that you shot that maybe? Um is in like getting your foot in the door sort of thing. Was mm. there like a breakthrough moment for you? Because you've well, worked with some really like basically the cream of the crop in the UK. Yeah. You've shot videos for everyone near enough. So was yeah. there one
1: particular one that stood out for you? To be honest, there's probably lots of different things for different reasons. Because each video, I honestly believe every project I've done, even if it's a, a, a big scale project or a small scale project. Yeah. It, they've all been stepping stones that eventually got me literally here today, sat with you talking. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Every day that goes by, everything you work on is uh, a stepping stone. Yeah. Um. Obviously, Shiro's story was a massive project for me and for everybody else involved, and that definitely put us, um, put some respect on our name, <laughs> effectively. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But you know that th- there were definitely one or two projects locally where I was, you know, shooting stuff for. Um, some household names within the local area that effectively kind of put me on there as the guy to go to in Reading. And then the same kind of thing happened in similar areas. So there were many different little stepping stones along the way Mm, that mm. we were sort of like conquering this bit, conquering that bit. Kind of was the weird way I was kind of looking at it. Mm, Do you know mm, what I mean? um,
0: Did it kind of feel like natural though, like a a natural progression? Yeah, yeah, it did.
1: Um, 100%, 100%. um, and i mean i I'm, I'm a strong believer in just you know things happen for a reason stuff like that as well so absolutely yeah you know i i just trust in what happens yeah. really yeah yeah just kind of let it flow but i've never really had like much of a plan
0: no <laughs> no no because actually yeah. sometimes it doesn't always work out does yeah, it yeah and so. i think
1: sometimes with the especially in the creative industry anyway mm. it's it's so like a lot of jobs are last minute a lot of things can be so solid one minute and then not the next mm. and everything else mm. and it's important to just kind of remain open minded and yeah. let whatever happens happens and just trust in it really yeah yeah
0: yeah absolutely um how important is it um to develop your own style as a director of photography so as in like if I watch um a project of yours I can just tell almost instantly that Simon behind the camera is that something that you feel is important do you know what
1: I've never uh, I'm not I mean, I've never, there's never been something that I've actively, I haven't tried to create that look that mm. you're talking about. I've actually not really thought about it, mm, mm, to be honest. Mm. But a lot of people have said that. They've said they can spot my video um, amongst the 10 other videos yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, Um
0: yeah. I really like the use of the handheld stuff that you do and, and yeah. like a lot of the drone stuff, the spiral drone. I've oh, yeah. That oh quite- yeah, 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 yeah.
1: <laughs> See that, okay, maybe, yeah, there's little signature moves. I don't really think about like, oh, that's mine or whatever, mm. but. And it's and it's not, because anybody can get a drone and yeah. put it up and do a spiral. But there's definitely go-to moves that I use that maybe give me a look, my mm, preferred mm. thing. But I've never actively thought about my style like that. Mm, so it's mm. interesting, actually. It
0: depends on the project as well, to be fair. I mean, yeah. obviously, you're shooting a lot of UK rap, grime, drill mm, stuff. Mm. It probably needs to look a bit edgy. So you mm. would naturally shoot handheld, I guess, for a, yeah. lot, for a yeah. lot of the time.
1: Yeah, I actually used to hate handheld, um, handheld stuff I've actually only got into it again the past couple of years right right. everything used to be on a gimbal or a slider mm, I, I didn't mm. want because t- to me handheld was like low budget and when you mm. saw something handheld you was like ah oh, where's the money at do you know yeah, what I mean yeah, yeah, and I yeah, used to be yeah. obsessed with like dollies mm. and just like cinematic movement mm, mm. Um, but actually I f- grew to found that Pretty restricting, yeah. to be honest, especially in rap videos yeah, yeah, and stuff yeah, where yeah. all of that sort of style has come back in now. Mm, mm, um, mm. So I'm, yeah, yeah. So I, 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 it is important, and definitely depends on mm. the project for mm. sure.
0: And you mentioned something really interesting on the way over here about Roger Deakins and his approach. That I don't know if you wanted to mentioned that as well like how yes yeah, super like like simpl- yeah simplifying the whole yeah, process that's yeah it.
1: because as i'm shooting these these things now i'm actually finding myself on film sets it can be quite o- overwhelming for someone that hasn't um like a lot of us haven't mm. necessarily been to film school or mm. had anybody tell us you know this light does this or this lens looks like this and we've mm-hmm. kind of had to find things out by experimenting and youtube and stuff suddenly when you find yourself in a massive film set you can be really overwhelmed with like what's there and you suddenly feel pressured like oh god are people judging me if mm, mm. i look like i don't know what i'm doing or whatever and there's all these lights should i use these and what lenses am i going to choose etc mm, blah mm. blah blah and when i was listening to roger deacon's talk about i mean anytime i listen to him talk anyway on podcasts oh, and things like that yeah absolutely he's yeah, super yeah, just... like chilled and he's like he doesn't use he doesn't like he's just got a really simplistic approach he doesn't overdo it with the light and obviously his lighting setups are big and stuff but It's quite simple Mm. Um, Mm. and even things like filtration in front of the lens and stuff. He doesn't really use a lot of that at all. Mm. And we always think, oh my God, what's giving you that look? Is it that filter? It's that. But actually he just kind of trusts his gut and shoots what he wants to shoot and Mm. just does a real instinctive thing. And that's really grounding to hear him talk because when you are getting overwhelmed with all this stuff and you feel like, I don't know what I'm doing, which Mm. actually I've heard is a real common thing amongst a lot of cinematographers. Wow. Um, if you listen to someone like Deakins, because he's so big and he's just won a BAFTA and an Oscar now for 1917, it just reminds you, actually, none of that matters. Mm. You've just got to trust your gut. And if you've been doing well already with the stuff you've got around you, Kit and stuff like that, to a certain extent, doesn't matter. Mm. If you can do what you can do just knowing... Mm. Your instinctive thoughts on it, you know.
0: But in terms of in terms of lenses and lighting and all the you know the the grip and other e- equipment that you would yeah. use on a film set, let's yeah. say Blue Story as an example, mm. were you in control of that? As in what is ordered in for you to use? Sure. Yeah, I am. Right. Yeah. Okay. And um,
1: yeah. So yeah, we were, and uh, it's it's one of them ones where not everything got used all the time, and because uh, it's the first time I've ever had to make like a shot list or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I really had to think about. What I was using, yeah. and and like yeah, why, yeah. yeah, and you know, there definitely were days that things didn't get used, and I think that that was due to time and things like yeah, that as well. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, um, it does make you think consciously about like the stuff you're doing and why yeah. you're using that. Yeah, you know,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. Whereas before, because I've collected loads of gear and i just have it all in my van when i turn to a shoot if i want something it's there yeah you know what yeah, i mean but yeah, you kind of yeah. lose that luxury yeah because you have to choose your steadicam for certain days so you you, you know if you, you haven't chosen steadicam for that day you can't just rock up and be like do a steadicam shot yeah oh crap he's uh, not here yeah do you know yeah. what i mean so it does <laughs> yeah. it makes you just think more about why you're making the choices that you're making mm-hmm. so
0: how did you first meet Ratman then
1: um, I met Ratman through Jamal Edwards, who runs SPTV, mm-hmm. was the founder of that. Um, weird enough, Jamal Edwards sent me a friend request on Facebook years ago. Right. And uh, it's when SPTV was like... Booming. Probably, it was like the leading channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, and I was like, what? This is insane. Surely yeah. it's got to be a prank or whatever. <laughs> and he messaged me and just said, yeah, I've seen your work um, through my friend um, Cole and uh, Josh, who are from a... Uh, a duo called well bros. Okay. Shout out them. And yeah, he saw their, their stuff that I'd worked on with them. Um, and he basically said, look, I like the stories that you do. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got this guy called Ratman who does stories. And um, we've got this project for a charity comic relief um, that we want to involve you in and stuff. Oh, nice. nice. So I met him through that and we got together mm. on a project that kind of went through SBTV and ended up being uploaded onto there and stuff. Oh, nice. um yeah Matt wraps on that for the first time yeah that was about I'm gonna say about five years uh, four years ago something like
0: that Oh, okay okay and what's it what's it like to work with him
1: yeah as, in, a, as a
0: as a DOP like your relationship yeah. with him on set like what could you describe me and him like we've
1: got a, because we've worked together for a long time we've we've I mean we've got a good chemistry mm. anyway mm. like we he knows how I work I know how he works and we're kind of used to that and he he trusts me a lot as well so that's really nice Mm. um to have someone that kind of trusts you and you know is up for hearing you know what you suggest and stuff like that so it's great man it's been such a good journey for the both of us um it's been really lovely just to work with someone you work with really well
0: yeah you know yeah yeah yeah
1: um but yeah he's great man he's yeah. great and he's learning every day as well now yeah, so yeah yeah i know he's
0: directing this massive film in la i was just about to say moment. are you kind of waiting by the phone for this or I'm, is I'm, the email come in yet I'm because not... I'm... <laughs> <laughs> so
1: unfortunately i'm not going to work on that one Oh um, what? it's a massive film it's right. like 25 million
0: dollars and it's not to be sniffed at
1: yeah man i mean i'm so lucky and blessed to have done Blue Story but I think at that stage it's like there's plenty of amazing DPs out there that um that are way more experienced and, and because Ratman is um obviously he's amazing but because he he's he's still quite a new director um in the film industry a lot of people will think that you need the rest of the team to be super experienced mm, as well. Mm, mm. So that's just something that I've accepted. But it's cool. Like Me and Raps, we're going to definitely work on stuff in the future for the foreseeable future. Yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. just this one here. He's got to do by himself. But I, th- I think that's great because I think for him, it's it's going to put him in a position where he gets to meet new people, really like hone in on his craft and mm, mm. you know put his skills to the test basically yeah, and then yeah. come back super experienced and just... I think he's going to teach me loads when, when he comes back off that job, mm, mm.
0: for sure. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing, yeah, you know, yeah. the next time you, you two hook up, what, yeah. what, can, what can happen. Yeah, it's man. Gonna be, uh, it's going to yeah. be really interesting yeah, to yeah. see. Well, I'll keep you in the
1: loop. Yeah, yeah. You get him in one day. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so just um, sticking with, um, you know, your collaborations with Rap something that's always kind of stood out to me from watching a number of his videos, particularly the ones that you've shot, mm. um, is that there's always kind of like a strong narrative um, to the video and it's almost like we want to shoot a music video but it's not enough to just show people having a good time we need to tell a story here um, mm. and a number of the videos particularly like the crept conan one that you shot uh band drill mm. um that's it's all it's a short film isn't it yeah, yeah, um, and, yeah. and it kind of has that epic kind of feel to it
1: oh, okay um, and on. that's
0: something that i've i picked up on um from again your work with yeah. uh with Ratman. Sure. There's always that you can almost see his vision, mm. if that makes sense, and mm. it's not a surprise that actually he's gone on to do a feature film along those same lines, because yeah. you can see the vision through you yeah. know the the music videos, yeah. so to speak.
1: Sure, yeah, he. Um, I mean that that's that's him all over. That's mm. what he does. He's 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 more of a storyteller than a musician, and he just music is is his. Uh, it's uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, his channel, effectively—that's yeah, that, yeah. that's that's the platform he's chosen to tell his stories on. Mm, mm. Um, and you know, I I, th- I think that's because probably that's what he's been familiar with as well. Yeah, like, yeah. He's yeah. been involved with the music scene and mm, stuff, so it's mm. it's the best. It's been the best way for him to tell his stories. Mm. But now he's finally got the recognition that he sort of deserves. Mm, mm. Um, he's able to sort of actually tell them now um, through proper narrative film form. Yeah.
0: Which yeah, is yeah. cool, yeah, yeah. Um, what did you shoot um, Blue Story on and Shira Story on? Would it, what was the
1: so Shiro' Story was shot on my A seven S uh, Mark One, and we just shot that through an external recorder, yeah. recorded four K. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but still had to shoot ten eighty P in uh, in camera, mm. which sucked a bit because I yeah. think it's eight bit, which is like really yeah, not shit. yeah, yeah, not yeah, great. Yeah, but um, yeah, so we shot all the Shira Story on that, mm-hmm. um, graded on. Um, uh, for, like using film convert on um,
0: love film convert, yeah, it's oh, great, man. On yeah, final yeah. cut,
1: yeah, and uh, yeah, just shot on some Rokinon Cine lenses that I've got, um, cheap, good, good solid lenses, no, they're good lenses, yeah, yeah nice yeah. and sharp, yeah, pretty fast as well. Yeah. T15, I think, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, so we shot on that, and then Blue Story was uh, shot on Alexa Mini with mm-hmm. the Cook S4s, mm-hmm. um,
0: so that's what I wanted to ask you about, like, what was that transition like for you from going from shooting 1080p on a <laughs> Yeah, on an on a yeah. A7S to then shooting yeah. on a, a larger, a large format camera, yeah,
1: like yeah,
0: that. yeah. It was, um, did it change the way you approached your like shooting the, any of the scenes? Or, no, did... I
1: mean, the, the, the thing is, like, I've always wanted to shoot on anamorphic lenses, but obviously, you can't mm. do that on a DSLR without having all your adapters and yeah, stuff like that. And yeah, I just, yeah. to be honest, it just seemed like a lot of work, and I've, I just didn't, it never, I just. I was working so much as well. I didn't have the time to experiment with that. I just needed to kind of just keep shooting and use what I had. But mm, mm. I was asked about anamorphics and stuff like that on blue story. And I actually turned them down, which is really crazy because wow. a lot of people are like, what do you turn down anamorphics, blah, blah. but I was like, do you know what? I just, I want to just do it the way that we know. And I kind of want this to feel like we're just shooting a fourth edition of Shiro's story or whatever. And I don't want to, f- again, pressure myself of all this stuff and have to feel like I've got to now use this crazy stuff because shit with anamorphics would have affected the shooting style. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, And it would have restricted me in a lot of senses. So I Mm. just thought, I'm just going to stick to spherical lenses, Mm. um, shoot on the ARRI, and it's just going to be like any other thing I've shot. Mm. And Mm. that's kind of the way I tried to just approach it. Mm. Again, Mm. kind of simplistic, not looking to switch it up. Um, but it was great fun. That was actually the first thing I ever shot on an Arri. Wow! But and did you uh, did you
0: have to do like quite a lot of like test shoots beforehand just to get your head I around? I did.
1: I did one test shoot with a friend of mine called Roger Russell, who owns um, an Arri Alexa Mini. I think he has two now, and he had like he's got some Reds and stuff. He runs his own kind of like higher hire, hire oh, house thing, okay. um, but he's also a DP and a director. Um, so I met up with him and we did a test shoot for a day and I got to actually play with one with some friends locally around my area Mm. Um, and then we did like one test day for Blue Story with Ari so I literally shot with it twice Mm -hmm. before using it on Blue Story Um, but I had some really good like uh, ACs and and people that were kind of helping me and just telling me I asked them if if I was pushing the camera too much or something like that in a certain situation, just to kind of like whisper in my ear and stuff. So I had a lot of people that kind of had my back, mm, mm. Um, and uh, yeah, it was it was was it nerve wracking. It was a little bit, but also I just knew it was such a great camera. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I you can't of, really go wrong to no, a certain extent. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And and I I'm really happy with the way it looks. So mm, mm. yeah, man, it is just literally like any other camera. You, mm, it, nothing mm. really changes. You know, mm. you're still. You still got your ISO stuff and your white balance and all of that sort of stuff. Everything's kind of the same, you know. Mm, mm. Um it's just bigger.
0: Yeah. Yeah. More yeah. dynamic range. That's it. So how did um how did Shiro's story come about then?
1: Um, well, it was just like any other project me and Raps have worked on, really. He belled me up one day and said, Simon, I've got the next one, sent me the song and it was just like, This one's gonna be be big. And I I thought it was sick straight away, obviously, because... He used to send me the music, and then I'd listen to it, and then we'd have a debrief afterwards on the phone. He'd tell me we're going to shoot this scene at the start, this scene in the middle, and then this right. scene at the end. Right. Um, and he told me that he had uh, Javon Wade potentially play in Shiro, mm. uh, and Javon was trying to get Purcell to play um, Kyle. So at that point, I I I knew that this could yes had scope to be bigger than the other stuff we'd shot before because yeah, yeah they were obviously pretty well established and great actors so, yeah, yeah 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 um yeah that's kind of how that how that started mm. really
0: and i thought it was really clever as well actually the 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 mix of um dialogue with spoken word slash rap mm. really sort of like it just pushed the story on so much more yeah. i don't know it just gave it that kind of like emotion yeah drive. emotion and, and also you yeah. can imagine like a lot of the young people out there that would have been watching it you know they probably were watching it just for the for the raps itself, yeah. sort of thing, Because
1: so, when you hear like a hard rap song and mm. it's like it really makes you like, "Oh yeah, I want to mm. go punch something like it just make it it draws you in, and mm. I feel like you combine that energy through the music with the acting and you yes. so you had like rapman rapping mm. right, and then you had Jovan and Purcell acting what he's his dialogue, mm. it's like you're fusing great acting with sick rapping on a
0: sick song. And it's like, whoa, this epic thing. So see, that's the combination of yeah. really this. Did you feel like that was the the combination of that was the success behind Shiro's story? A hundred
1: percent. I feel like that formula hasn't been done like that before.
0: Mm. And that's what I was thinking when I first watched it. I was thinking, yeah. this is, this is, yeah. I haven't seen this before, you know?
1: Yeah. the The whole formula was new. Yeah. And, um, the acting was great and the story is great as well. Mm, so yeah. it was a real combination of of everything. Yeah. But I think the formula was was basically the USP, yeah. and that's why Ratman went on to incorporate that style into Blue Stories because that that's that was that was different, mm, you mm. know.
0: And what was the what was the feedback like on online? I know it was an issue, It's a YouTube series, so yeah, it, it was did great. it kind of
1: yeah, it was great. Catch
0: fire straight away.
1: Yeah, it did actually. Yeah. Like. I think um, I can't remember the the, the numbers, but they mm. got bigger and bigger. So every, every single time we released um, uh, an episode, yeah. the views got bigger. So I remember by so the people, time... People
0: were waiting for it. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And
1: even like all these reaction videos, people wanted to make... There's tons of reaction videos out there for Shiro's story yeah. and it became a thing. It was viral. It was like, have you seen this? Have you seen this? Because it will tear your heart apart. And like... People it it was. I'm still shocked actually As to how well it actually did Um, But it was like The views and views got Bigger every single time In such a quick succession So I think the first one was like A million views in like Just I think it was like Two days or something The second one came out We had a million views in 24 hours The third one came out I think we had a million views In like four or five hours and then it hit two million views by like twenty four hours. Yeah, yeah. And now yeah. it's on. I can't remember. I didn't check it, but it's 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 doing well. Oh yeah, yeah, mean. still doing really well. Um, and yeah. you know, yeah. collectively, every episode, collectively is 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 a good number.
0: Mm. So I'm guessing then that Blue Story was natural, natural progression. Yeah. basically, from because people
1: wanted. Like obviously, I'm not gonna. If you haven't seen Shiro's story, first of all, shame on you. Secondly, if you haven't seen it, I'm not going to talk about the ending too much. Mm. But after the ending of the third one, people wanted a fourth one. They wanted yeah. they wanted justice. <laughs> the people wanted yeah. justice. So people, um, just I think they wanted justice, but they also wanted to see what what the hell Ratman was going to do next. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. obviously that's what created the the um, the anticipation for Blue Story. Mm. I think mm. Mm. yeah.
0: Um, so talking about some of the talent that's involved with you know shiro story um blue story and so on Mm. there seems to be like a lot of untapped like young uk talent out there at the moment and Mm. and from watching you know those two projects and also um the most recent series of top boy you know i was watching um you know michael ward for the first time i had no idea who he was um and it felt like you were watching a performance you know his character jamie in top boy Mm. that he'd been around it was such a an assured mature performance that it felt like he'd been around for like a decade yeah and yet it was just like it was just so natural and he just he just he just killed it yeah i felt in top boy Mm. um and there wasn't really one performance in there that you could say "Mm, not too not too sure about that that wasn't particularly like believable like Mm. everyone just seemed to absolutely like kill it you know yeah
1: they did they did i mean we talk. we talking about Top Boy? Just like general, yeah, yeah, generally. Yeah, generally. and, oh, and, and Blue the moment, yeah, 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 yeah. Just no, generally like UK it's talent. It's yeah. amazing, actually. And it's it's about time as well that we had real fresh faces in. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, you've got like the pioneers of the urban culture, like acting. You've got like, you know, Ashley Walters. Yeah, you've got yeah, yeah. Noel Clarke. You've got yeah. Jason Mazza. All those guys yeah. that have been around, that have done stuff when yeah. we, you know, when we were growing up, stuff that we watched. But mm. now you've got... Completely fresh new faces Mm. here to change the game, and that was actually something that Ratman really um, was really passionate about. Yeah, was giving more people opportunities, new actors. Yeah, um, Yeah. and wanted to just showcase, um, yeah, just some fresh faces. Mm. And and you look at what they're doing now. Yes, you know, it's amazing. Was
0: it also to showcase? fresh faces to show that there is actually a positive side to all of this, because obviously there is a certain, you know, connotations in the news and in the media that actually this is just promoting violence, but that's just the opinion of the news. Do you see what I'm saying? So Mm, mm. bringing through a new generation of talent is actually saying, well, actually it's not all about you know, knives and, and gangs and etc etc. Mm, mm. There's some actual like real talent behind this as well. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I mean,
1: yeah, the story itself was, was kind of like a raise and awareness thing, kind yeah. of like a moral of the story is sort of thing. Mm, Cause it's, mm. you know, super relevant with what's happening at the moment with postcode wars and yeah yeah gang violence and stuff. So yeah. it's a conversation that's, you know, been happening for a long time. Um, And Blue Story Is just kind of there Just to kind of reinforce it Yeah yeah, And that's what made it Quite interesting When it got pulled Because I don't believe That the person That made that decision Took the time to watch the film To understand the message Behind it Mm, Before mm. pulling it It's like a
0: knee-jerk reaction wasn't it? Yeah and that's
1: why A lot of people were angry And actually that's why A lot of the media Were in support of Ratman Because he'd been on um, You know uh, Good Morning Britain and Mm, um, Promoting it Yeah yeah yeah. And so 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 they they were fully In support of him and, And backed it And that's why There was such a big ruckus about it
0: i mean i wanted to ask you about that incident at the at the cinema in birmingham i mean mm. what was the when that happened like when you heard about it like what was the feeling like within the camp like when that
1: uh yeah it sucked yeah. And uh, initial thoughts for me and for mm. people that i knew um you know it was like oh my god all of this hard work and it's being pulled from the cinema and that's it yeah, yeah. literally something that we thought was going to be so great mm is now being pulled and all of our hard work's gone to waste. Yeah, It's this yeah. huge opportunity, which a lot of us have worked tirelessly to, mm. to get mm. there for, mm. and now it's just being sort of taken away. So that was the initial reaction. And, you know, um, it obviously hurt the numbers on the opening weekend because we had half our screens taken off us and stuff. Um, but, it, you know, actually went on to... Promote the film even further. I think That's, and actually uh, help the momentum. Yeah, I
0: mean that was um, kind of my initial feeling when I saw it in the news. I was like, "That's that is really like rubbish." Yeah, but mm. actually, in the long run, the publicity that stems from that could be a good thing. Yeah, yeah, I, know, I
1: definitely think there was a bit of that for yeah. sure, and it's made it more controversial, which has made it more of a talking point. Mm, you mm. know, which you know is important at the same time. So you know, it's it still shouldn't have happened, and I think the film would have been a success anyway even if it didn't happen absolutely um and you know we definitely would have seen higher numbers on the box office on the you know opening weekend but we still smashed it you know oh yeah yeah, and actually it makes it more of like a like a point to say yeah you took half our screens but we still broke records and stuff with that film
0: Mm, mm, so it's amazing amazing um just kind of um sticking with the whole kind of uk scenes you know um grime rap slash drill obviously you've you're very prominent within that, within that genre, within that world. Mm. Is, is there a part of you that thinks that maybe that, again, going back to the whole negative press um, that, that drill music in particular gets, especially at the moment, um, is there a part of you that thinks that that might make it more of a challenge for you to cross over into other genres? Or do you not see that as being a, no, I mean, as being I, a problem?
1: No, I work... I, I mean, not a lot of people know because I, I don't, I've not had the chance to work with any big big bands that are like really um but yet yeah exactly yet yeah. so but i but i i i always work on all different genres all the time so yeah, it's not yeah. it's not everyday drill and <laughs> gang <laughs> violence it's yeah. you know i do i've got a, a a handful of bands that i do a lot of videos for and i really enjoy working with them and yeah, stuff yeah. so I, I i wouldn't say it, it it stops me at all i think it's mm. just more um, I appeal to that market a lot more because I'm kind of already established there, and my portfolio within that is good. Mm, mm. Um, and you know, a, a, a lot of like artists and stuff, when they work with someone a few times, they, they like to keep working with that person. So absolutely, it's yeah. just about um, I've just already got good relationships there with people, so I just get chosen more to do that
0: sort of work. Mm, you know, mm. and thinking about the the UK scene at the moment, the you know music crossing over into film, um, we see seeing that a lot at the moment. How do you see things developing from here? Because it kind of feels like all all eyes are on the UK at the moment. You know, I was recently over in New York um, around Christmas time. Every single block, there was a, a Stormzy poster on, yeah. on the walls. Like, I'd, I'd never yeah. really seen that before. It's almost like, this is like our moment. Do you mm. kind of feel... 100%. But we're only just getting started as well. Yeah, 100%. You
1: know? I think it's, you know, it's great to see <laughs> you've got, like, drake and stuff fully supporting the drill movement yeah. and you know he supported Skepta and stuff with what he's done and mm, so mm. it's great i think i think um i think american and uk culture is very similar anyway yeah and um you know we've always shone this light on america and stuff but actually with things like social media and it being easier on instagram for people to network and communicate with each other and stuff like that it's just made it easier to to shine more of a light on um the uk now as well mm, so mm. yeah it's great i think mm. it's
0: good and i think it's exciting you know it is yeah so, especially yeah, with all of like like i said all of the new talent that's coming through at the moment mm. it's um you know so much so many great yeah. um yeah, yeah. You know, actors out there rappers yeah. that can cross over and, and do both yeah. Um,
1: yeah i i kind of see america and the uk to as kind of like one thing I don't I really... in?
0: Eventually, it will be. Or do you see that? Yeah, as I mean, current? I kind
1: of just see it now. Like yeah. you know, like you say, you were just in New York casually. Do you know what I mean? It's mm. it, it's a weird thing, but it's like um, the industry. It's kind of like we all have friends that live in the um, L.A. or mm. New York or something, and they they know people that are in London, and you know, it is. I just see it as one thing already. Mm. You know, I see it as like the industry, and the industry is made from the UK, and and and. And the US right now,
0: mm. and and moving um, moving on to talking about more sort of present day projects that you've got on the boil. Um, I see that you is it your directing debut debut that you're making Featherweight? <laughs> well, T- fe- tell okay. us about this film, right?
1: Well, Featherweight. Okay, mm. um, so how uh, long go is this
0: now? I'm it's, sure it's been shot, right? Yeah, is the film? It's been it shot. Been cut? Is it?
1: It's been cut, but it's it's one of those th- projects where. It was about three years ago, me and my friend Sam Chapman sat up, shout out him. Um, we wanted to make something. We were like, we just want to make a film over the summer, we just want to do something cool. Um, let's just film something. So we literally put up a GoFundMe page, we raised about oh, wow. two grand. It wasn't yeah. a lot of money at all. And we just basically um linked up with a writer called Olivia Warren and she basically wrote this script about a bird watcher um but that basically discovers like social media media and then tries to like change himself and it it's it's a really cool concept and and we went and we shot this thing but it's one of those projects that's um it's just been on the back burner for a little while now because mm. of all these crazy things that have been happening for everyone not just me like you know a few people have gone off to film school and like the composer who who's played the the acting role jonathan deering he um he was the lead, and he's now a composer. He, you know, did Blue Story, did Shara Story. He's got an agent now, so he's yeah, yeah, flying and pitching for all these great movies and stuff. Mm. So, it's one of them ones where it, it's it's edited. It was stuck in sound for a little while. We've got it back now from sound, but it's like now we're looking at it. It's something we did three years ago. And three years ago. Yeah. Oh right. And, okay. And, and now we're looking at this like, okay, we wouldn't do do this now. So how can we make this work? So we're kind of kind of recutting it again, oh, and it's okay. one of those ones where I just I just I can't really put a time on it yet. But it was a low budget thing, and it was you know um, it was cool, and it was it's more of a fun mm. fun project for us. Um, and who knows, you know, when it's done, we're gonna definitely put it in for some festivals and stuff, and just see what oh. happens. But I co-directed
0: that mm. with. Olivia Warren mm. um what was that experience like then co-directing because cool. obviously you were you were a cinematographer on the project as well right yeah
1: i mean i've only really just de- decided that i, I want to focus on the cinematography side of things um really over the past couple of years to be honest mm. it, my i've been learning doing a bit of everything and understanding the whole process that, that's given me the knowledge of kind of what i know now mm. um over the past 7 years since mm. i picked up that 550d um, but, yeah, ultimately, this led me to this point. So the the, the the directing stuff was was cool. But, again, I was way more focused on the actual image as opposed mm. to the acting Di- yeah, side, you know. And that's kind of that, why yeah, I yeah. co-directed it, because Olivia wrote the story. It's her story. And I knew how to tell it visually um, and order a sequence and, you know, put putting it together. So I helped direct in that sense. Um, but... Um yeah mm. yeah I just found myself gravitating way more towards
0: It's interesting that you say that as well because on one of the short films that I produced a few years back I was um I was operating the camera and I was directing and I was doing the teas and coffees mm. um and I found it very very difficult to kind of uh focus on directing the action um and you know the actors the actresses blocking the scene at the same time um, thinking about lighting options and so on, I just found I just felt too yeah. stretched, you yeah, know. Yeah. And and I, I sort of thought off the back of that, I just need to focus on one element of this filmmaking process now because yeah. it just it was just it still yeah. came out and it did really well at the time. Um, but I just felt to myself I was just pushing it a little bit too far. Mm, mm.
1: From I mean, that's what makes it like a really fun process as well when everybody can kind of come in and pitch their bit and do their bit for the film. That's yeah. why you have production designers and, and stuff like that, because everybody collectively adds their piece and, and you create this this great fusion of everybody's kind of um, talents, really, to, yeah. to, to make it into what it is. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, when you look back now, so over the last sort of, you know, seven, eight years, how much of it do you think is down to timing? Being in the right place at the right time? I,
1: I think a lot of it.
0: Mm. But... Um,
1: you, I only, I only found that timing because I worked hard. Mm. If I had slaved over one project every quarter of the year, yeah, and did four projects that year, I, um, I wouldn't have done these other projects that landed me in that place in that time. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, like, a lot of a lot of this industry is timing, and a mm. lot a lot of it's who you know. Yeah. You know, it's happened to a lot of people. Like, for example, Kirk's another um, really renowned uh, music video director within the UK urban scene. He, um, like, he used to shoot all of his, uh, all the notes' videos. Mm-hmm. When Notes released, you know, the Addison Lee song. Yes, yeah. Like, that's what kind of blew blew him up. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, he's doing really great things, and that happened to directors like Wower as well. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, you know, you, you don't know what's going to happen, but the main thing is consistency and just keep working because anything can happen at any point. And it's simple maths, I think. Well, actually it's more like gambling. <laughs> but not that I'm a gambling man, but if you do more projects, you've got a higher um likeliness of winning on but one that, of them. But
0: that's like creating your own luck, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly.
1: You know? Exactly. So yeah, I, I, I just worked a lot. I got involved with everything and anything. Um and I knew what I liked working on. I always put my heart and soul into it and effectively I've, I've hit right timing now and you know i'm a lucky man but mm. i honestly I, I i wouldn't say it's just that i would say a lot of it was the hard work that got me to that place to do that
0: project in the first mm. place and i think that's a really really sort of like for anyone that's listening to this that might be thinking about picking up a camera one day or you might already be a videographer or a filmmaker that might be struggling at the moment mm-hmm. um you know simon is is proof that if you if you have dedication and desire to this it's all good and well having uh work experience and qualifications coming out of your ears but Mm. if you don't have the dedication um there's so many other people Mm. in the game now isn't there that can Mm. just go you know go and pick up a camera and the lens and, and put something together um and it can catch fire on on social media that really if you if you don't sort of have that work rate and that desire um it's going to be very difficult to really get ahead in the in the industry isn't
1: it you can't force that desire either you no. have, you actually have to genuinely feel passionate about it. and if you don't that's absolutely fine but i think it's about recognizing if you're passionate about it or not mm. do, you, do you know what i mean yeah, um, yeah. and and if you are genuinely passionate about what you do it shouldn't feel like hard work or graft obviously it is and you you know you you, you do put your heart and soul into in, in into stuff but you shouldn't have to work for that.
0: That no. is. But that's what it takes to put together a, a brilliant project. You cannot mm. put together um, a short film or a series or a feature and just be willy nilly about it, can you? You really have to pour everything you've got into it. For sure. And I actually like look back now on some of the stuff that I've done, and what I enjoy most is the process, mm. not even really the outcome. Yeah. Um, I love the process from getting the script, um, you know, sorting the cast out finding the locations yeah, I really great. do love all every yeah. sim- single aspect of it that's that's why I I still do it you know I don't really do it for any kind of financial gain I just love the process of filmmaking and mm. if you if you have that uh, like you said you that can't really be taught mm. um, yeah but I mean in in closing do you have any kind of like more um, in, any advice that you could give to anyone else out there that um, yeah I mean I would say I I would say first of
1: all yeah Keep working. It's super important. You keep working on stuff. Um, the moment you stop is literally the moment that you that you stop. Mm. <laughs> it's so so. It, it's important that you that you you keep working
0: because mm, you get left behind otherwise because yeah, it's such yeah. a and fast Yeah, and also pace, like I said yeah.
1: you know, you don't, you're not increasing your chances of anything if you're not doing anything yeah. so always looking for projects that you enjoy make sure you choose the projects you enjoy and sometimes you know we all ha- we've all done projects that we don't enjoy that much because you have to pay the bills or whatever mm, mm. Um, but I would say still do them because you always learn valuable lessons from doing something even if you don't enjoy it mm. um, and you're always uh, practicing stuff so um, I would literally do everything and anything you can within reason mm. as long as it's not too dodgy um, and things like kit as well. A lot of people get caught up on kit yep. and say, and I've met a lot of people and I used to do it as well. You know, I'd, i look at something, oh, well, I can't do that because I don't have this and mm. blah, blah, blah. But really and truly, I said earlier on, right at the start of this session that, um, we didn't have the budgets to get the locations or to, to pull off some of the ideas that we had when doing these music videos at the start, but we had to find ways that were the closest thing to it for mm. free. And that whole process is really important as well is actually knowing what you can do with 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 little amount of kit and resources. Because then when you when you get to a position where you can, you know, um get the money together to to get locations or bits of kit, you genuinely appreciate it and you understand why you're using that. Does that make mm, sense? Mm. If you just had all the kit from the get go, you you'd be you'd have all the toys but you, you wouldn't understand or have the knowledge of of exactly how to how 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 to use it mm. do you know what i mean so yeah, actually yeah. having that that's part of the process, tough process mm. of working with what you've got and then having the kit you appreciate it way more you understand why you're using it
0: mm. you know um, simon it's been a pleasure mate Thank you for um, having yeah, me. Yeah, it's been really fascinating and and actually really inspiring to to listen to you talk about your journey through. Thank you. Um, through the industry and and obviously you know I wish you all the best for the future. Thanks a lot, um, man. And um, and maybe our, our paths will cross in the future. You yeah, never you can know. come and make the teas and coffees, yeah, like yeah, you said. I'll, I'll make a mean take cappuccino. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so you some dates. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Thanks, Simon.